Welcome to the Upper 90 Football Podcast, providing American coverage and opinions on all things football. I'm Justin Ruderman. And I'm Abby Anderson. And Abby, we can start all the way back in last match week in the Champions League with our game of the week. Uh, it was Barcelona versus Bayern. Normally we pick a really good game of the week. I feel like this wasn't that. Um, yeah, and we weren't aware that Inter beating Plitzen before was going to yeah. put them out of contention as Exactly. Well. It didn't even matter, right, because Inter did beat Victoria Pilsen, uh, snatched them 4-0, easy work, and then the Barca-Bayern game didn't matter because Barcelona are already out uh, into the Europa League. So it didn't matter, and the game was, you know, <laughs> just put the nail in the coffin yeah. for Barcelona. They've had bad history recently against Bayern Munich. Uh, and this was just a little bit more of that medicine. 3-0 to Bayern Munich, started with the Mane getting in behind. Jupa Moting uh, scored one, and Gnabry got one, ruled out. Uh, and then, of course, Pavad in stoppage time just to put a little salt in the wound. Um, only thing Bayern didn't dominate was possession. Uh, you know, that not, not surprising Xavi ball. They didn't likes. really need to, though. Exactly, that's it what I'm saying. It's not really effective against Barcelona. They didn't really have to test themselves too much it was pretty coast win for Bayern so mm-hmm. Barca's in real trouble because they made all those investments over the summer with the purpose of doing well in all of their competitions now it's going to be Europa and Spain where Madrid's been looking good so yeah no you're you're absolutely right uh it's just tough but I mean Barca obviously getting drawn in the group of death was just problematic for them in the first place because I think they get out of most other groups, but they obviously don't get out of this group, uh, and deservedly so don't get out of this group. But, yeah, you bring up a good point. It it causes problems financially for them because they've made big investments uh, hoping that they would be able to compete at the top level this season, Mm -hmm. and it's not working out for them, is it? Not at all. Yeah, but on the match, I mean, there's just not much more to say. Normally, we would dissect our game of the week really in depth and, you know, talk about exactly what happened. But it's just Bayern dominating, Barca possessing the ball, but Bayern hitting on the counter easy. Light work for Bayern, poor defending from Barcelona all around. Uh, I mean, there's really just not much more to say, is there? (laughs) Not at all. But there is a lot to say about the old lady, Juventus. Uh, they bottled it to Benfica, and they are, I mean, what can you say about Juventus right now? Um, it's out into the Europa League, right? Uh, third in their group, obviously. We're still yet to see tomorrow, uh, or as this is released today, um, PSG and, and Benfica, who wins the group, because Benfica could still actually win that group. They're both on 11 points. You expect PSG to pull it out. Um, but the fact that Juve is not uh, doing so. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's just been Juve under Allegri. They just don't show any identity when they play. Mm. And a lot of times there's been freeze-frame pictures of just all the players in a ring around the field and just nothing in the middle. And it's just been really nothing going on at Juventus that's going to bring them success and it's been happening the past few years i know their fans are really dissatisfied with it Mm -hmm. after winning so many leagues in a row and now all of a sudden they're just crumbling they just whatever investment they keep making it's just continuously not paying off for them they just need to do something completely different and find 
their way to success, but right now they just look completely lost. Yeah. It's terrible. No, they really do. I, I've been saying that, I mean, I think it's pretty common knowledge Allegri has to go, um, but I've been saying Tuchel could be a pretty good replacement for him, I think. I think he suits Italian football, uh, very defensive, and I think he could do well at Juventus, but we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Uh, but yeah, just very, very tough for Juventus to go into the Europa League. Can they go win it? If they can do that, then that maybe it won't be so, so bad for them, but that's the only way out, really, is is a trophy um, for Juventus because, uh, yeah, they just not a club that should be going out in the group stages, should they? Yeah. Um, but a player who is obviously not going out in the group stages, same group, uh, it was Lionel Messi just tearing apart Maccabi Haifa with PSG. They won 7-2, but Lionel Messi uh, is the oldest player in UEFA Champions League history to score and assist twice in a single game in that 7-2 win. Uh, he's also now the only player in the top ten, top five leagues to have 10-plus goals and 10-plus assists uh, in all competitions in any of the top five leagues. So that is Lionel Messi at the top of the world, back at his yeah. best, is it not? Absolutely is. I mean, Messi's the kind of player that it's not going to fade as he gets older, his mm-hmm. skill set, because the things he does on a pitch are just stuff that doesn't rely on maybe the physical side of games mm-hmm. like Ronaldo does. Mm-hmm. He's always committed, unlike maybe Neymar would be. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what makes him the best player in the world is he just knows how to make an impact on a game, and he'll continue to do so as he gets older and older. Of course, everyone has their limits. At mm-hmm. some point, he's going to have to retire, but right now, he's doing just fine. So. so the question becomes, and I will ask you, is he still the best player in the world? I believe so. I believe he is. You're not going to get a different answer on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, but his future, as just side topic, is very interesting. Uh, obviously, a lot of reports about Inter-Miami. I think there's no way. Uh, I think it's either PSG or Barca. Uh, most likely, probably PSG still. But it's going to be uh, another saga, and one for the ages, I'm sure, because everyone wants Messi. Um, speaking of sagas, though, Real Madrid... Uh, they lost their first match of the season, which was just ridiculous. I mean, you don't expect Real Madrid to be losing when they're doing well, but they lost to RB Leipzig uh, 3-2. And uh, obviously it was away at the Red Bull Arena uh, in Leipzig, but still, I mean, shouldn't be losing uh, when you're at the top of La Liga, you're at the top of your Champions League group. Uh, but it does just say a lot that they haven't lost all season and that this right. is their only one, right? Yeah, and especially it was just kind of strange that it would be to Leipzig of all teams, just Mm -hmm. because they had a bit of a rocky start to their season. They're not even in the top four in Bundesliga. Right. So this is kind of the game that you would expect Real Madrid to go in and control, but they get surprised. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. But, I mean, I don't think it's just going to have much of an effect. Um, But their crosstown rivals, Atleti, they... Uh, do have some issues um, because, yeah, just an insane game uh, at the one in Metropolitano, wasn't it, mm-hmm. um, between them and Leverkusen. But uh, they're now, what is it, out? Yes, they're just completely out of all of European competition after today's results as well that yeah. just happened. Um, so due to their draw against Bayer Leverkusen and then, Today, I believe, did they 
lose or did they they lost to porto they yeah did lose to porto. they lost to porto right. that's it right was, yeah uh, two two to one so that porto could secure that group hmm. um uh, bruges is advancing leverkusen into the europa league and atletico madrid falling out of the champions league i mean i mean falling out of europe completely I, it's baffling i mean i think that most people yeah. would have predicted them to win the group uh at the beginning of the champions league yet they're finishing dead last and even after Bruges got out to a really good start and qualified themselves out of the three remaining teams, you thought Atletico were going to pull it out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, after these two results, they're just completely out of it. So mm-hmm. Bruges, I lightweight bottled that group. I thought they were, gonna, <laughs> I thought they were going to definitely win it, but mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really matter. Porto, it just makes it tougher, you know, going forward for Bruges uh, in the round of sixteen and such. But yeah, it it set up. Um, it set up an interesting matching six, and, and as you say, uh, Atleti fell out. But uh, uh, we can move to match day six now, which we are halfway through, right? We've seen today, uh, tomorrow, or as this is released today, will Wednesday, there's a few more. Most of this action, though, uh, I think was today in Group D, because going into today, anybody could have advanced, anybody yeah. could be eliminated. You could finish anywhere in the group, depending on the results. Um and it was an incredible day of football, right? We mm-hmm. saw uh, it started with Sporting going up 1-0. It looked like they were going to win the group. Then Eintracht Frankfurt come back, win 2-1, uh, and get themselves going advancing into the round of 16. While Sporting are waiting on the results of Spurs-Marseille. Mar- Spurs uh, win in Late, I mean, they didn't need yeah. the win, they needed the draw, right? The exact same situation where you have Marseille going up 1 0. Mm-hmm. You think Marseille and Sporting are going through, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, both Frankfurt and Spurs make comebacks, win 2 1. Right, exactly. And then the the, the late goal from Hoiberg as well put Marseille into out of Europe while Sporting at least get uh, into the Europa League. Mm-hmm. So, complete chaos today. It was just bouncing around, but it ends Spurs. In the first seed, uh, Frankfurt also going through, and then Sporting in the Europa League, and Marseille out. Um, so it looks like there will be three uh, first-place teams out of the Premier League, uh, which is rather impressive, and all four going through for sure, uh, right? So I believe they're the only country with all four of them uh, going through. We know that you know Portugal have been impressive, uh, while Spain have been the opposite, uh, Real Madrid is the only Spanish team going through, which is just ridiculous. But to think about that, Portugal have more teams going into the round of 16 than Spain does. Um, really, really is ridiculous. Italy doing well as well, though. I think they have three teams going through. Um, so, and Germany as well, Leipzig, uh, Dortmund and is that it oh frankfurt so they have three teams as well so it's spain looking looking rough uh italy looking all right germany looking very good and and then portugal looking very good as well so uh you just like to see how how they stack up across europe when you're looking at the champions league right yeah and it's just kind of been a pattern i feel like where england has consistently been able to have their teams getting through Mm -hmm. um and spain I feel like they've had this coming for a little while where you have Barca and Madrid who have been consistently delivering and Atleti's been right there, but 
they haven't really stepped up that much. Mm-hmm. And Real Madrid has really been carrying the league the past couple of seasons. And now it's starting to show with Madrid being the only team through. Uh, whereas Barca and Atleti both fall short. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most interesting group uh, tomorrow, though, is going to be Group E. Uh, Chelsea, Milan, Salzburg all still in it, and it it could flip-flop around, Um, especially, you know, that 2-3 spot, which is always the most interesting. So I think otherwise it's pretty much set in place. You know, theoretically, Shakhtar could uh, hop Leipzig if they got a big win, but... It, they do play each other, so we'll see. But the other two groups, um, you know, set in stone, essentially PSG and Benfica just fighting for that first place. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, so it should be interesting. But after that, we'll be straight into the knockouts, and I just can't wait for those knockouts. That's when the Champions League gets really fun, right? We're talking Absolutely. about all this confusing stuff in the group stages, but once it gets to the knockout, it'll be very simple and a lot more fun. Um, but we can talk about the Prem then. And starting with our team, Man City. That's right. Uh, it wasn't, you know, the best win, the biggest win against a, a lesser side who are, you know, they're coming back up. They've been struggling mm-hmm. this season, but they're starting to play well again. Uh, it was only a 1-0 win, but that goal. It's per- as perfect as you get, really. You had the perfect dip on it, perfect placement. There's just nothing that uh, Ward could do about that. <laughs> Ward's the worst keeper in the league by a mile, but no no keeper in the league is saving that, yeah. right? I mean, that is perfection from Kevin De Bruyne, as good as it gets. Uh, one of the best free kicks in City history up there with, with some of the best. Uh, I think it's a goal of the year candidate, if I'm honest. Uh, I can't think of one that's been better this season. It wasn't that far out, but it was just so perfectly in the corner yeah i would say it'll definitely be a candidate i'm not sure if i would see it winning no i doubt it'll win it'll just be off of a free kick nothing crazy but right it's as perfect as a free kick gets that's exactly what every player is thinking when they're setting that ball down trying to put it over the wall that exact shot is what they're visualizing in their mind and kevin executes absolutely and it Got Man City the win, 1-0, uh, the fourth straight time beating Leicester without conceding a single goal against them. So uh, you can always expect a clean sheet, I guess, going forward against Leicester. Uh, but yeah, a, a big win, keeping keeping pace with Arsenal at, at the top of the league. So big win there. And then uh, Graham Potter, who we didn't talk about the Champions League game, but he did um, become the second Englishman to go undefeated in his first nine games as Chelsea manager. Uh, in all competitions, uh, with that win in the Champions League. But then, he fumbled the hot start immediately, losing to his former team, and not just losing, but getting battered, didn't he? Yeah. So, it's, I mean, what's going on? Did he downgrade from Brighton? I mean, they're they're smacking him up. I mean, shouldn't he know that those players mm-hmm. better than any other players in the league? Shouldn't he be able to game plan against them? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'd confidently call it a downgrade because it's Chelsea right yeah but at the same time I had even said that it seemed like a really strange move for him to abandon Brighton with as good as the project had been going mm-hmm. and how good of a fit he was there to now come over and try to manage this Chelsea side that has really been struggling to find how they want to play yeah um, and I didn't even think it really fit his style that well mm-hmm. uh, so when you take over a team like this, like, yeah, you have that new manager boost to you. 
But at the same time, these are players he's unfamiliar with. This isn't a team he's been building up for years. Right. So when you go up against a team that he himself set up to be just excellent, and you have them playing, you, you're playing against this team. Also, at the same time, I feel like you could say, even though he may know the players, they know him as well. They know how he wants to play. And so maybe it's a little bit of a cross of play styles. Like Potter's trying to implement this Brighton play style into Chelsea mm-hmm. a little bit. And Brighton's been playing that style for years. So, yeah. of course, they're going to be more used to it. They're going to know what to do. But, yeah, I just think it comes down to your luck is going to run out when you have that new manager boost at some point and with as good as Brighton's been prepared it was just coming eventually yeah i, I was i was shocked by 4-1 is is uh, yeah not a good scoreline to say the least uh for chelsea so i i didn't think it was a very good performance i'm surprised that potter doesn't know how to exploit uh, his own players. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's a different system with Deserbi. It's similar, very similar, um, but it's slightly tweaks. Uh, you would expect him to know how to exploit it, though. Uh, and obviously, he's still working on his Chelsea team, but, you know, he was off to a, a hot start, as we just discussed. So, uh, surprising, I think. Uh, I think it's just a blip, though. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's really indicative of anything more than that. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting one. But another manager uh, that we talked about last week, and we have to talk about again because now we talked about you know he was in the hot scene and he needed some uh, performances against big teams. Well, boy, did he ever get it, uh, Jesse Marsh. So as, as simple as it gets, did Somerville save Jesse Marsh's job with that goal against Liverpool at Anfield? For the moment, yes. Mm. But he still needs to keep it up. Just like the Chelsea win at the start Mm -hmm. gave Marsh a lot of credit with the fans. Mm -hmm. This one will as well, but how long is it going to last? You can't just go right back into loss, 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 loss. You're going to have to show that this is you turning your season around, coming back up, maybe fighting to get back to the middle of the table rather than near the relegation zone. They're already doing a decent job with it. Mm -hmm. It's early on. I think they moved to 15th Mm -hmm. around there. Yeah, it is 15th. Mm. And that puts them, you know, a win away from being up there with Brentford around 11th. So I think he does save his job temporarily. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes. But it is a really strange game. You can't just say that, oh, Marsh completely dominated that game, especially with the first goal was... I don't even know how to describe it. It was just really freak Horrendous from Liverpool. Terrible. And Rodrigo was just there to hop on it and solid with a response within 10 minutes. And yeah. Then nothing really happens in the game. It's just going back and forth. And right at the end, Somerville with beautiful touch, just off his thigh and a nice touch to the back post, puts it away. It's a big win for them, though. Yeah, no, it's 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 a huge win for them. And for Liverpool, it's a, it's a bad loss, right? I mean, oh, yeah. they had not lost two straight Premier League games since March 2021. They've now just done it against 20th place Nottingham Forest and 18th place Leeds United at the time of the games. So they just lost twice for the first time in over a year and a half plus Mm -hmm. uh, to two relegation sides. And it was the first time, of course, 
that Van Dyke has lost a game at Anfield as a Liverpool player. That's over 70 games unbeaten. Or so it's like just what's going on with Liverpool? I mean, it's 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 worrying. It really is. But it's also I feel like what I was kind of saying where Yeah, you know it's exactly what you were City, saying. Yeah, they're ready for that game and all of a sudden they're like See, we can do it. We can beat City. Mm-hmm. And they're not as focused on the games they need to be focused on. They just think, oh, Anfield, nobody can come and win here. Yeah. All of a sudden, a team that's hungry enough goes and gets the win. No, you've been saying it the entire time. Liverpool are, are playing well against the big teams, but it's against the smaller teams that they're not finding the results. And that's you, you have to find those results to keep beat for a title. They've been doing it for years, not anymore. Uh, and that seems to be the difference. So now we can talk about Newcastle. We said they might be serious. We think they're serious. They are. They get another serious result against Villa, four nil. Mm-hmm. And one player we need to talk about, Almiron. Balling out, isn't he? <laughs> six goals in six games. He's in crazy form. Jack Grealish comments. Is that what fueled him? What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, Jack Grealish. Those comments will be infamous now because of Almiron's form. Uh, straight after it, basically, you know, the, the next season rolling, uh, six and six. Not only six and six, but those. I mean, have been all stunners, yeah, basically. Yeah. They're just in, incredible for Miguel Almiron, and obviously, we've watched him, you know, in MLS for a lot longer than most people know him in Atlanta. He was uh, absolutely incredible with Joseph Martinez. So. To see him doing it in the Premier League, I think is is a good sign for uh, MLS because you know he is the all time biggest export at this moment. Um, could change soon, but he he's you know killing it now. And uh, Jack Grealish, I believe, has one goal. So I, he has a few assists, but still fewer goal contributions. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, but I will say this: you know, if you're comparing the two, I still take Jack Grealish every day of the week. Do you? Well, especially with how Grealish has been playing this season. I feel like he's been playing well, and there's been times where he may have deserved a goal or an assist, and it just didn't happen to fall for him. Mm. So that's where stats can be a little misleading. Almiron, of course, is having great form, but I think Grealish has been consistently good this season. We're talking last season Grealish. Maybe I debated a bit more, but I think Grealish has been playing well this season. Yeah, yeah. I think if you put Grealish in that Newcastle team, he doesn't necessarily produce what Almiron has been producing, but he's, you know, a star player. You put Almiron in the City team, I don't think he gets very many minutes, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I still take Jack Grealish, but he's got to eat his words with the way that <laughs> Almiron is, is playing right now. No, no doubt about that. Um, but of course, we can now move uh, back to M- MLS. We talked about it with Almiron. We can move uh, because it is uh, the playoffs. It has been the conference finals. Uh, but we can start really quickly with some uh, head coaching news because, you know, the season's ending. Some teams, uh, their seasons are over. So they are dealing with what they're going to do with their coaching position. We can start Charlotte FC. Uh, long been expected and reported. Uh, Christian Latanzio has been, you know, their acting head coach for a while now, 20 games, I believe he's had as an interim manager, uh, relatively, you know, successful, and he's given been given their official head coaching uh, job, so he came in, obviously, Miguel Angel, Miguel Angel Ramirez uh, was their first manager, and they got that way wrong, didn't they? I mean, it's not often that players force a manager out of their job. 
but that's what happened at Charlotte. Um, and so you expect uh, that he that Latanzio will be better. I think he's been better so far. Uh, we'll see going forward. But yeah, just you you got to get um, that first coaching hire right, and Charlotte didn't, so it puts them in a hole for sure. Uh, Houston as well, finalizing a deal with Ben Olsen, obviously the previous DC United manager. Uh, he, I don't think he was great at DC, but I think it it's uh, a good hire in that you want somebody who's very experienced in MLS, right? Uh, within this league, I think it matters a lot to have somebody who has experience, and he is very experienced uh, in this league. So, I mean, they're already bottom of the league, so, I mean, <laughs> they can't get worse. I think it's going to be That's good, funny. yeah? Um, and then, of course, uh, there's a couple more. Chicago Crew haven't hired, but they are targeting Wilford Nancy. No surprise there. Uh, finished second in Coach of the Year. But he did get a one-year contract extension triggered uh, in in his contract by making the playoffs with Montreal. Uh, so they would have to negotiate with Montreal, pay them a fee, and all these things. But that that is who they want, uh, it seems. But with that, we can talk about the actual games, the big ones. <laughs> Uh, it started, of course, uh, in Los Angeles. Don't ask me why West is playing before the East, but it happened. It was LAFC and Austin FC, uh, just pure domination in this game, yeah. wasn't it? I was there covering it. You were watching on TV. What did you see on TV? I mean, I was expecting it to be a back and forth game. Mm-hmm. Both of us had high score predictions. Mm-hmm. One team delivered high scores. Mm-hmm. One not so much, and LAFC just dominated and really it could have been more than three no uh could have been lafc had at -hmm. least two or three chances within the first 15 minutes that easily could have been goals Mm -hmm. and i think it was uh sifuentes right that put one off the post off the post yeah off the near post yeah um but lafc they get their goals even had one called back right at the end with bolonga bolonga yeah but yeah, no, as you say, complete domination uh, from LAFC. I predicted 4-2. I expected LAFC to dominate. I expected LAFC to high score, but I did expect Austin to put up a fight, as you say, and that uh, just didn't happen uh, at all. You know, they, they played out of the back. They played well for the first 10 minutes, I would say, and then they couldn't play out of the back. The high press from LAFC was completely strangling them uh, in the midfield. They were as well getting strangled by LAFC. It didn't, it didn't work. Um, they couldn't play through. And so LAFC just dominated the entire game. Uh, very, very easy win for LAFC. Um, and so it, looking very, very good heading to MLS Cup and hosting MLS Cup. Um, I, I can't say much more about it because I was I was there. You can go read my articles about it if you want my extensive thoughts on that game. But um, yeah, just disappointing from Austin FC, honestly, because you expect more. Uh, from them, but it shows a lot about what LAFC is about uh, going into this MLS Cup. It's all or nothing, isn't it? Um, But we had to find out who they were playing in MLS Cup. And it was, we had to go to Philadelphia and see, is Philly or is it NYCFC at Subaru Park? Uh, We were both watching this one on TV, obviously. Uh, What were your thoughts on this one? You know, after that New York City goal, they were looking really good. Mm. Beautiful team goal. Beautiful. And, I mean, wonderful strike into the bottom corner. Has to be if you're going to beat Andre Blake, right? He played incredible that mm-hmm. game. But yeah. they beat him on that occasion. And you start to feel a little worried for Philadelphia because they're in their home stadium. They you know, they barely got away with it in uh, the previous round. 
um, with their 1-0 over Cincinnati. Over Cincinnati, yeah. Well, they went down, and they certainly got some great goals. Carranza had the first one that was off a free kick, I believe, right? Just a quick start, played yeah. through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two minutes later, McGlynn plays a ball, a good cross into the box. I think it was Carranza again heading it down yeah. into the path of Gazdag, who just puts it right over Sean Johnson into the goal. And then it was 2-1. New York City's a little shaken by getting hit with two goals that quick. They're trying to find a way, not really getting anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey Burke, who I was pretty critical of him right before he scored the goal because he was looking like a mess, kind of flopping all over the place, <laughs> just flying at everything. He was playing with energy, but you know his technical ability wasn't really there that game. And he just managed to shove a player off the ball, turn around, drive all the way down the field. It's like, dish the ball, dish the ball. There's options on both sides. He just tried to go right through it, but the ball bounces off a defender, bounces off his leg right into his path, and he finishes. So he gets the goal. Maybe not the prettiest goal. No. <laughs> but he, but you know, he puts it. the nail in the coffin for Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. And this is yeah, just an impressive win from Philadelphia. It's what they do. They sit back. They defend. Uh, even if they get scored on, they're going to come back at you, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, I thought New York City would be able to pull up off this upset. Uh, it, it didn't happen. You got both of these predictions right, as far as as far as the winner, <laughs> as far as the winner. Yeah, um, but yeah, just very very impressive from Philadelphia. Um, I think it's exactly what they do, and it's exactly what they needed going into MLS Cup as well. Uh, it sets up uh, one versus one in MLS Cup, which is the first time we've had that since 2003. So first time in modern MLS, obviously. Uh, Fantastic to see that. I think it'll be an incredible game at the Bank of California Stadium uh, on Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I will be there covering the game. As always, it will be just just an incredible one. So I I cannot wait. Um, But we're going to have to see because... I don't know who's going to win this one. It's a good one. I mean, you have to favor LAFC, though, right? Yeah. Because they've been They are the favorite. It, but Philadelphia is a good team. We've been saying it. So this is exactly the matchup that I wanted as a neutral. Mm. I'm not sure if you would have wanted to play Philadelphia for your It MLS depends. Go. I mean, a lot of LAFC fans are, are saying that they would have. Uh, they wanted to play Galaxy, they wanted to play Austin, they wanted to play Philly, because that, I mean, is the toughest route, right? Yeah. And there's no debating, uh, because, you know, LFC lost to Philly twice in the regular season, haven't done great against uh, Philly, sorry, lost to Austin twice in the regular season, haven't done great with Philly either. So, um, if they can, you know, overcome those hurdles, Galaxy as well, then there's no talking about, well, it's just a, you know, easy route, or this or that, because that's you're beating the best teams in the league, uh, no doubt. So uh, I think there's there's pros and cons to it. But yes, it'll definitely be a tougher one. Um, I'll hold out on my prediction, but I need I need to hear yours. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with LAFC two to one. Two to one. I I. I it's a very logical. Uh, prediction. I could totally see that one happening. Uh, 
But yeah, New York City for them, defending champ is out. Uh, Nick Cushing still remaining their interim for now. We'll see uh, where that one goes. Um, and then we don't cover enough of women's football as we should, but we will talk about the NWSL final, of course. Uh, Portland Thorns winning. Uh, it was the Sophia Smith show, wasn't it? The entire game, she got a goal. A uh, second goal came from an own goal, but she was still involved in it. Uh, she was involved the whole night. Um, third Thorns NWSL title, which is now a record. Um, and, you know, I mean, their team is just stacked, right? They they deserve to win this one, I think. And, I mean, they completely dominated the game, but also just on paper, their team is, is very, very good when you have uh, Crystal Dunn coming off the bench. Tells you all you really need to yeah. know, I think, about that team. So, yeah, congratulations to them. Um, yeah, and uh, third NWSL title for the Portland Thorns. Um, but with that, Obby, we, we can go to our moment of the week. We can. And... Uh have quite the clown show for mine oh is it <laughs> my moment of the week comes in the spurs burnmouth game okay emerson royal yeah you know, not been great recently what a baller oh man <laughs> just been terrible for spurs not a lot of fans happy with him they weren't happy after this match either he's managed to within the box take a shot that uh-huh. cleared the vitality stadium oh and gone into the car park so is he getting better? Uh, I don't think so. You know, there were articles floating around that said he had invested a million pounds, I believe, into just being a better player for Conte, and uh, I don't think it's really my guy. You're off. wasting your money. money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, Vitality is a small stadium, but that you but still, still you still to shouldn't clear be, the entire stadium be from kicking, within the box. Yeah, you shouldn't. That, Sardis is envious of that ability. <laughs> That's difficult. Uh, that's <laughs> difficult to do. It really is. Um, mine, my moment of the week had to be. Um, we we've been getting the announcements uh, of the MLS awards. Uh, obviously, Jim Curtin for Philly winning Coach of the Year. Congratulations to him. Uh, Honey Mukhtar winning MVP. I don't think anybody's surprised by either of those uh, awards. Uh, so, but another one which I wasn't def- surprised by at all because. It is my moment of the week in finally getting a prediction right in the MLS. It is Thiago Almada winning Newcomer of the Year. And if you go back all the way when I predicted uh, the MLS awards and the MLS standings uh, at the beginning of the season, I predicted Thiago Almada to be the Newcomer of the Year. It is the only prediction that I got right because none of the predictions uh, for the standings were correct for me, uh, which MLS is just that hard to predict. But I do actually have one more prediction alive and that is our game of the week next week mls cup uh i did predict lfc to win mls cup at the beginning of the season so i could get two right we'll see uh but tune in next week for that game of the week we will discuss it in very very heavy detail um i will obviously be there covering it so you can check out my twitter for that um but follow u90 on twitter uh, at upper at u90 official on twitter at Upper 90 official on uh, Instagram, at Upper 90 on YouTube, uh, probably where you're watching right now. All the social medias, their links are in the description. Uh, drop a sub, drop a like, really, really helps out the channel. Uh, but we will see you next week with the MLS Cup final coverage.